0: we could see two final four teams square off at Foster Pavilion tomorrow night. This is Locked On. You are Locked On, Baylor. Your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Locked On Bay. We're brought to you by FanDuel. I'm your host, Cam Stewart. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. Um, if you haven't already, be sure to like and subscribe so you can get the notifications dropped to you every day when we drop on YouTube in the morning and wherever you get your podcast as well. So if you're on the road, you don't want to use your data, but you're plugged into the Ox, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're, we're, we're all there too. So um, looking forward to a big game. Tomorrow night at the Foster Pavilion, which we will get to. But first things first, the ladies had a, a huge matchup last night against the Texas Longhorns, and well, oh, those Longhorns got their revenge. Uh, you remember back at the end of December, the Lady Bears got a victory down in Austin when uh, UT was top five. It was the second top five win of the year for the Bears in the game that they led wire to wire. Not the case last night. Texas comes out victorious in this one, 67-55, and really controlled a large portion of the game. Very weird first half, especially like the first quarter and then the first five minutes of the second quarter. Because I, I want to say, if I'm getting the trends right, it was 13 to 5 Texas early. They jumped all over Baylor. And Baylor goes 15 to nothing. And they had really settled into their game. They they were out, they were running, they were drawing charges. They were, they were poking the ball free. And then it was 14, nothing by Texas after that. So, um, weird game. And then then really afterwards in the second half, uh, Texas took control, um, and was, ended up being, was it plus eight in, in the second half to, to win the game by 12. So, um, Honestly, in terms of like a grand analysis of this, and there are, some, there are some things that UT did really, really well, but really I'm looking at one stat and two players. Okay. The one stat is points in the paint. That was something that Bay were one. I think they were plus eight in that in the game in Austin. Um, which is not, you know, dominating by any means, but that, that's a big advantage. That's a, that's an advantage that Baylor doesn't have over a lot of teams. Since last night, it was not that. <laughs> it was 38-18, to 18, plus 20 for Texas. So that goes into my first player, which is Taylor Jones. Uh, she did not play in, in that first matchup down at Austin for the Longhorns, and she gave them some great minutes tonight, uh, 14 points, nine rebounds. She did not, if not all then a lot of her scoring in the second half, she had a bit of foul trouble in the first half, a big, big difference maker for them. Um, when obviously you, you see that, and they actually didn't even win the second chance points. Texas didn't, that was a advantage Baylor. Um, and the, and the rebounding numbers are not crazy. It's, it's 38, 34 in favor of Texas, but, They just got the ball to paint more efficiently, and and they have better paint scores than Baylor does. The other player outside of Taylor Jones, probably noticed Madison Booker. Man, she can play. Who she can play? They kind of they referred to her as Rory Harmon's backup. I I don't think that's necessarily fair to Booker. Um, I, I they're not exactly the same player, but boy. I know it's it's two different sports, men's basketball versus women's basketball, but she's earned that 35 Texas jersey, man. She is smooth as heck when it comes to that offense. Um, she represents something that I don't think Baylor has. Um, not that that necessarily means that Baylor can't be a, a really good team, but um, just someone you could get the ball to who is going to get to her spots and can can score when she gets to her spots is really the way to put it. Um, she was even hitting some contested jumpers, but for the most part, she was using screens and and getting to her spots, and it was smooth as silk, man. It, it was like an open gym for her um, when she got an 8 of 15 from the floor uh, for 22 points that that led all scorers. Um, I, I think Baylor did some things right, just didn't do enough of it. Uh, like I mentioned in the first half, they they got out and running, and that that's really how Baylor wants to play. They want to play fast up and down the court. Um, and Jada Walker w- was definitely a part of that in the first half. She had the dominant game against Texas the first time. Only nine points in this one um, and only one assist, which is probably more uh, glaring. But it was just, and, and they were drawing charges in the first half, but then not in the second half. Or they were walling off the paint a little bit more in the first half. Not in the second half. So they did some things right. just just not enough of them. And this is going to seem a little bit harsh, but i I wish I wish you could get more games out of Dre Edwards, the kind of games that Madison Booker had last night. Um, she's obviously not the like the one offensive focal point like she was at times for Kentucky. But she has shown a smooth enough game at times that, I would love it if they could just give the ball to her four straight times down the court and and get eight points out of it. Um, uh, d- not necessarily, it wasn't her best game tonight. Really not anybody's best game tonight. Um, Sarah Andrews led the way for Baylor with just 11 points. Um, she did see some shots go through the basket early, but only four of 10 from the night, three, three of nine from three. And that, that was really the other stat that Baylor... Floundered in was that three point shooting. Um, they did <laughs> they shot twenty three percent from three, whereas Texas shot fourteen percent, but the Longhorns took seven threes. They were just one of seven. Baylor, on the other hand, took thirty Um, they're a decent three point shooting team, like they've shown us this year, but I think what we've seen in conference play is when they're a high volume three point shooting team that usually doesn't favor them. And that was certainly the case last night. Um, I I would love to see them because they're getting open threes. They're they're getting open threes. We saw a lot against Kansas state. I would love to see them utilize that space a little bit better, but it's tough to turn down open threes. So interested to hear what Nikki Collins says after this one, Um, they get back on the horse and go down to Houston Saturday um, which was a team they absolutely handled up here in Waco a few weeks ago. I, I think they won it by 30 points. So um, hopefully a bounce back game for them. But you know you never know. Kind of kind of off a letdown of what was a really hyped up game. And this definitely changes the way they view themselves in the conference standings. I, I said it on yesterday's show. Whoever won this game was going to feel very much in the big 12 championship race still. It's it's still Kansas States to lose, but I thought whoever won this was, was going to feel really good about themselves. And unfortunately for Baylor, it was, it was not them. And now at four conference losses, it, it's an, it's an uphill battle. Texas goes to seven and three in the conference. Um, and credit to them, man. I mean, they've, They've played good basketball without Rory Harmon. I, I know they talked about it on the broadcast that they would be a championship contender if she was in there, and that's that's true. I I, I understand that, but they've they have found their way. They have found their footing quite nicely um, with her on the bench and dealing with some other injuries too. Uh, both you know Jones didn't play in that first Baylor game. Uh, Booker obviously is is dealing with a uh, dealing with a hamstring injury too. Gaston only played limited minutes tonight. She's dealing with an injury, so this is a good Texas team, man. It really is. And um, they are absolutely still a player here in the Big 12. Baylor's still a player, just probably not a championship contender in, in the Big 12, but I hope I'm wrong about that. Speaking of championship contenders, at least in the Big 12 level, you've got two squaring off at Foster Pavilion tomorrow night. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun one, but I don't know if the matchup really favors Baylor all that much. We'll talk about that coming up after this. Because i got to talk to you about my pals at FanDuel. We've been talking about it all week. We are in Super Bowl mode, guys. And look, there's no better betting day on the calendar. No better day for FanDuel than Super Bowl Sunday. Because truly, you're only looking at a few things, right? You know, your team's not in it. My team's not in it. Okay, so what we're looking for is good football. Okay, but more importantly, it's a good seat on the couch. It's a good snack. And some good bets to go along with it at FanDuel. I always love doing the color of the Gatorade. I'm going to do that this year. I can't wait. I, I've also gotten big into the over/under on national anthems the last couple of years. You'll notice those were kind of the two examples that I use a lot. Um, so I, I absolutely love that. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Okay, your team might not, but you can. You can end it with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players are going to score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, Um, over-under in the points, over-under on the time of the National Anthem, so, so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. All you got to do, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Okay, again, so new customers, go join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets for your first bet of $5 or more. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Shifting over to the men's side of things, Baylor, Iowa State, tomorrow night. Boy, I hope I can get some tickets uh, in my price range. I got offered one that was definitely out of my price range. It's going to be rocking at the Foster Pavilion uh, tomorrow night in Waco. And I'm not trying to scare you guys, and I'm not trying to prepare for a loss with some excuses here, but I really think Iowa state could make a deep run in the tournament. I do. I I know there've been some good teams in the past that have not made that elite eight final four run, but this team is, is built for it because I, I I've talked about how good Houston looks and how much respect I have for that Houston Cougars team. Um, this Iowa State team is is very similar. They're they're a bit off uh, from where Houston is in all of those categories, but they play in the same mold that Kelvin Sampson's Houston team does. Um, and TJ Osselberger has given Scott Drew fits uh, the past couple of years, man. I, we all know it's well-documented. Iowa State uh, won three matchups against Baylor last year. So um, the play style is already a tough matchup for Baylor, but really the thing that that stands out to me is obviously their defense. They're the second best defense in the Big 12, only behind Houston, and that puts them at like fifth nationally. So uh, it's still really good. A, cut of, a, a step above what we saw against UCF, which Baylor did really well against, uh, but a step under what we'll see in a couple weeks uh, when the Bears take on Houston. And the thing that they're really good at, which Houston is very, very good at, and actually TCU was pretty good at in that game last Saturday, is they blitz the hell out of you on ball screens? They they will not allow you to beat them with ball screens. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but that's what Baylor's pretty good at offensively. In fact, if I'll play it back to last Saturday, um, in that three overtime loss to TCU, I, I talked to at length about that 18 second possession at the end of the second overtime. Where Ray J. Dennis was the only one to touch the ball. And when we heard the explanation from Scott Drew later on, it was that we were using some ball screen action that had been working for us. And so when 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 push comes to shove, when the moment gets big, when Baylor needs a basket, they will go to the ball screens. And that is something that Iowa State is really, really good at defending. But just looking at the makeup of this roster, man. This this looks like a final four caliber team just based on personnel. Okay. Taman Lipsy is the young point guard who I I just love this kid. I I love his game. Uh, I love his decision-making. I I think he's one of the best young guards in the entire country. I know that's not a huge hot take, but uh, get ready for that. When it comes to the foster pavilion on Saturday, he's averaging 14 points, six assists and five rebounds a game as a sophomore. Um, and, and got a lot of playing time last year too. Uh, he is a fantastic maestro of this offense, um, which, you know, I mean, it's not one of the best in the conference, but they just scored 79 on Kansas. By the way, they beat Kansas on Saturday and they have not played since then. So they've been preparing for Baylor the whole week. Whereas Baylor had a, had a, a tough road game that they ended up winning. Uh, and the guy I, I also really like on this team is Rob Jones, um, He's just a force in the middle, mostly defensively. Um, when you see the splits of what they do, when how efficient they are defensively when he's on the court versus when he's off the court, you can't take him out of the game, man. I mean, he is that important to, to how they operate. And he is a huge reason, if not the biggest reason, that they are one of the best defensive teams in the entire country. Um, not to get you scared or anything, but... This Iowa state team is is really really good. And when I look at them just their makeup, okay, we've got a, a dominant defensive team, especially against ball screens. They hold teams just over 60 points, it's under 62 points a game, and they get really good guard play, especially from their point guard who offers you efficiency not only in his assist to turnover ratio but also averaging in double figures of points. He's a pretty good shooter, not a great shooter. Um, So that, that to me is what we have seen in the final four and in the national championship game in today's college basketball. That, that, that's what we see. Now Baylor in 2021, which I said, we can't compare teams to, um, had exactly that in elite defense, um, and by the time they got to the championship game, it wasn't the numbers wise that that this Iowa State team is. But at one point, they were the top defensive team in the nation that year. And they had elite guard play. And they, they forced teams into uncomfortable shots defensively. And they made great decisions offensively. That's how it simplifies, too. And at times, Baylor actually can have that this year. But we know Houston has it. At times, Kansas has it not as much as Houston and Iowa state has it. They do. And this is a heck of a stretch for Baylor. I know there's some, there are a lot of home games mixed in here in the next two weeks, but um I think it's 11 regular season games left. And you look at it right now, nine of those are teams in the rankings. So, uh, <laughs> it's tough sledding, but that's everyone in the big 12, right? I mean, it's not just one team, but I look at the recent games for Iowa state. They, they slipped up against BYU in Provo uh, a couple weeks ago. That's, that's something that I, I think a lot of teams their first time going to altitude have to deal with that. Um, uh, not a I, I don't want that to be an excuse for everybody, but they lost by 15. They gave up 90 points in that game. That that was a game that BYU was just hitting their shots, man. And, and they're Jekyll and Hyde with that. They already beat Houston this year. Um, they blew a big lead against TCU, but still beat TCU on the road. Baylor lost to them at home. Handled Kansas State by double digits uh, last week. And then all they did on Saturday was beat Kansas. No big... They got Baylor in this game tomorrow on the road. Uh, then they go down to Austin on Tuesday to face UT hosting TCU at Cincinnati. so it, it gets a little bit easier for them. Not if there's any easy days in this conference, but uh, they have circled this one for a week. you know they're they're a team that's well coached. so I don't think they'll have too much of a hangover of a big win against Kansas. I think they probably put that in the rearview mirror on Monday and started preparing for Baylor right after that. And one thing Baylor didn't need is a really good team like that that is, uh, that is preparing just for them, I guess. And had a couple of days off, I'm guessing. Anyway, that's enough. I-, I can wax poetic about Iowa State all day because I do believe it. But that's not what you're here for. There are ways to get at them. They're not undefeated this year. And there are ways, there are things that Baylor can expose. And I am more than happy to talk about that part of the preview coming up after this. So, how does Baylor get at this defense? Cam, the way you were just talking to me, you just made it look like they're the best defensive team you've ever seen. They're not. In fact, they're not the best defensive team in this conference but what that means is they'd be the best defensive team in every other conference in America. There are things that they aren't 100% great at, I guess. They're okay at these things, but the one thing is they're in the 300s in in open threes percentage against them, which you think, well, Cam, if they're open threes, what does it matter? Well, they give up a high volume of open threes because uh, they are so aggressive, and so... If you can make those long passes, which is easier said than done, they are slow to weak side help. And so you can keep the floor spaced out, which Baylor really likes to do, and can find open guys on the other side. So, I mean, you can say this about so many Baylor games, but especially a game like this, very simple. If you can hit three-pointers, which they did against UCF, this would be a This will be a nice night for you. Doesn't guarantee a win, but you'll be in a good spot if you can hit three pointers. And the way Langston loves shooting the basketball, you expect a bounce back game from Jacoby Walter. Jalen Bridges has been shooting the three pretty well recently. Um, his high volume of scoring has gone down, but he shot the three pretty well. If those guys are on it and were spacing the court, um, they, they they will have a nice night offensively. Um, and I think really that is the way to get at them because uh, I, I talk about how good an offensive team they are, the paint, and I think that can be more of their identity going forward. Just as I say that yesterday, I'll say today it might not be the best way to attack them because a lot of that comes off ball screens. And I mean, that's a way that will invite turnovers when you're going against Iowa State. So that's one thing. And on the flip side, they're not a terrific three-point shooting team. In fact, they're really not a great offensive team. So it's 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 kind of put up or shut up time in terms of this defense is getting better. It has gotten better. But now it's time to take that next step. And by that I mean holding a capable team under 70 points, under 65 points even. That's gonna win you a lot of games. And I think this is a good this is a good place to start. Uh, against Iowa State tomorrow night, I, I think that would give this team a ton of confidence uh, on the defensive end, which they've been playing a lot grittier, a lot tougher. I think they're making their their opposition more uncomfortable, but we still haven't seen that kind of lockdown performance that I think this team is capable of. Um, UCF, the only thing that the only thing that keeps them from that performance in the UCF game is how the Knights were shooting it in the first half. Uh, I mean, just unconscious and. Sometimes that happens. It's happened the last couple of games against Baylor, uh, specifically that UCF first half and that Texas first half, where they were nine from eleven from three. Uh, I, it's easy to say the common denominator is Baylor's defense, but I do think those were a couple of cases where those teams were due for hot shooting nights and got hot shooting nights. Both times they tapered off in the second half. Baylor did not take advantage of it against UT. They did in the second half against UCF so it seems simple guys it seems really simple but if Baylor's hitting their shots and defending the perimeter I think they'll be in for a nice night but it nice night in terms of the final score because it's not going to be easy this is going to be another just no fingernails pull your hair out lose years off your life night in the big 12 just get ready for it guys I'm excited, though. I'm excited, though. This is a a really good test for Baylor because when you look at the last couple of games, um, which is not good because they've lost a bunch of them, but I I think they're getting some weird matchups, right? Kansas State, not one of those upper echelon teams in the Big 12. They needed a win. They threw the kitchen sink at you, and they won. Texas was reeling, okay? People were talking about them missing the tournament entirely. They were a reeling basketball team, myself included, by the way. I was saying that. Um, And we know they can be in the upper echelon of this conference. Well, they had a a great offensive night against Baylor. Um, TCU, again, a team that was kind of desperate for a win that could put the clamps down defensively. Baylor had a pretty good day offensively. TCU had a better day. You know, you're just catching teams at weird times, and that's what this conference is. That's not an excuse But I think this is a good measuring stick in that Iowa State has proven in this conference schedule they are a team that can compete for the conference championship. They're playing conference championship kind of basketball right now. And you get them at home. This is a good barometer for what's been a roller coaster of a Big 12 season so far. This is a good barometer of where they could be at and maybe where they should be at a month from now when we're winding down the regular season. Bay where that is. I'm excited to see it. Let me know what you think about this game down below. We will have a post game um, in all likelihood. It's going to be late Saturday night. I'll do a post game. We'll do a post game. Um, So be sure to check in on that. It'll be right here on the YouTube channel. Um, Let me know what you think about that, thought about that women's game and where they can go um, in this in this conference and hopefully in the national tournament, how far they can go? And let me know what you think about Iowa State because I'm sure I, I've seen them a couple of times. Maybe you've seen them a little bit more. I, I really like the makeup of this team. Tell me if I'm being delusional or not. I, I really think they're just diet Houston. Uh, they're they're just not quite as good in all those things that Houston is. But that's that's still a pretty good basketball team over there. And what is it that gives Scott Drew fits from Otzelberger? Man, they cut the heck out of teams. Backdoor cuts. Um, I remember that game two years ago, uh, the first year of OTs, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or maybe the second when, uh, they just cut Baylor to death and, and closed like a 15 point gap. Bayward ended up winning the game, but it was pretty hairy out there. Anyway, anyway, you, you guys got me off track. Let me know what you think about this game tonight. Thank you for making your first listen every today and every day. Uh, it's your, It's your team every day. We're the only place that's giving you five days a week nothing but Baylor Athletics content that's not coming straight from Baylor. Okay, I'm saying word jumble. I'm saying too much. We'll be back tomorrow for postgame after Baylor and Iowa State. Let's hope it's a good one. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to leave a comment down below. Like and subscribe to Locked on Baylor.